Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. I'm excited to jump into today's message. So if you have your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Uh, Everything that I'm going to be reading from my Bible is going to be on the screen. And so uh, Luke chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when good old Q was governor of Syria. I have no clue how to pronounce that name. Uh, Verse 3, it says, All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his fiancee, who is now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her first child, a son. And she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And that night, there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, just doing what shepherds do, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, and by the way, that's what I'm praying for you tonight. I'm praying that you have a suddenly moment with God over the next 35 minutes. That you have an encounter with God that will change the course and the trajectory of your life. I'm praying for that. It says, suddenly... The angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And by the way, that is the message of Jesus. It is good news that brings great joy to every single person, including you. And it says in verse 11 that the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for that. So let's pray. God, we thank you for today. And we are so, so, so grateful for Jesus. And I'm thankful that you brought us all here, right here, right now those that are here, right here in Memorial Hall, those that are joining us online. God, I don't believe that you brought anybody here by accident, that we are all here for a purpose. And so God, you need to know that tonight at the 5 p.m. service, we do not want to play church. We don't want to go through some religious motion. But God, we want to hear from you. God, we know that this year has been crazy. But God, what we believe is that you can speak to us tonight and that we could all walk out of here different. And that's what I pray. I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now, let me just ask you just a quick question. I would love for you to fill in the blank of this sentence. Christmas is blank. So in just a moment of honesty, how would you fill in the blank to that sentence? 
Because I think with as many people that are here tonight and as many people that are right now watching us online, I think we could get some pretty diverse answers. I believe that we would have answers all over the place. I think some of you, that you would probably fill in that blank with like Christmas is amazing. I'm telling you, I love Christmas. It is the best. It's my favorite holiday. It's the best time of the year. Like deep down, you are the real Buddy the Elf. Like that is you. You just love Christmas and you go all out in everything. Like this year, especially this year, you put up your tree in October. You're like, I'm not even going to wait till November. I'm putting up my Christmas tree in October. And for you, you're going to leave your Christmas lights up all the way through like March. Like instead of having Christmas lights this year, you're going to have winter lights. And you just committed like, I love Christmas. Like you're going to be somebody that for the month of December, your entire wardrobe is going to be ugly Christmas sweaters. Like you got 31 of them bad boys picked out and you're just going to just... uh, just rock those out every single time. You're going to drink your weight in eggnog like you love Christmas. Christmas, oh, it's amazing. But I think some of you may answer differently. Some of you, you may say that Christmas, oh my goodness, Christmas is stressful. Like the older I get, the more stressed out I get around Christmas. It's exhausting. There's so much pressure because we, we got to be on for everybody, and we got to buy gifts for everybody. It's got to be the perfect gifts. you got to find all the time to do all the things that you have to do in your calendar and in your schedule, and it's just stressful. All the people that we have to see and all the people that are going to come over, I've got to keep them entertained, and I've got to not fight with the in-laws this year, and just Christmas is stressful. Maybe for some of you, you would answer this way, Christmas Oh, that's easy. Christmas is expensive. Come on, parents, can I get a good amen? Christmas is expensive. Maybe some of you, you're just like not feeling it at all. And you would just say, Christmas, oh, that's overrated. Christmas is too commercialized. It's not as good as people make it out to be. The movies, they're just cheesy and the songs are outdated, and there's not many of them, so they just play the same ones over and over again, and Christmas trees just take up too much space, and the Christmas lights just raise the electric bill, and in other words, you're like that, you're just like my good friend, Ebenezer Scrooge, bah humbug. And for you, you maybe you say, Christmas is overrated. How would you fill in that blank tonight? Christmas is blank. Now, my answer is something that I've been actually thinking about for a year. About a year ago, God put this sentence on my heart. And I think it's for our church. And I've been chewing on it for a year. And it may be something that surprises you. But it's actually what I've named this message. And I would answer tonight, Christmas is a magnifying glass. That Christmas It is a magnifying glass. And like a magnifying glass, whatever you magnify, how many of you know it gets bigger? Sort of. Because when you think about it, the size of whatever you magnify, it doesn't get bigger, but your perception of it gets bigger, right? And so Christmas, it just has a way of magnifying everything. Because Christmas is a magnifying glass. See, it it magnifies the good. So a good family, 
around Christmas, oh, it looks great. A good party, a good Christmas party, it seems incredible. A good memory, a good Christmas tradition, when it's magnified, oh, it becomes legendary. It just, it becomes even better. See, because Christmas, it magnifies the good, but on the other hand, Christmas also has a way of magnifying the bad, the hard things in life. And so, if you feel alone, Christmas, it can actually feel like the loneliest time of all. That if you're still single and you're searching for a spouse, it can just seem bigger this time of the year. Like if you wrestle with anxiety or depression, it's never easy. Don't get me wrong, it's never easy. But around Christmas time, it can feel unbearable. In fact, stats tell us that there's more suicides between Thanksgiving and Christmas than the other 11 months combined. Why? Why is that the case? It's not because we have more problems, but because our problems feel bigger. They're magnified. Because Christmas, it is a magnifying glass. You see, financial stress is tough any time of the year. But it can feel overwhelming at Christmas. It can feel like you're drowning. The marriage issues and problems are never fun, but they really get exposed around the holidays. And if someone loves you that's far from God, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a brother, a sister, a friend, it can feel really heavy around this time of the year. Or maybe, sadly, you lost somebody that you really loved this year. And this is the first Christmas without them here. And you've already gone through pain and loss and hurt. But because it's Christmas, it feels like that pain, that loss, that hurt is bigger than it ever has been. Christmas is a magnifying glass. It magnifies everything good, bad, and everything in between. It just makes everything bigger. And the truth is, let's just be honest, 2020 has felt like a big old magnifying glass. It's felt like all year, everything has felt bigger. Walking through a global pandemic as a society, that we've gone through something that, as far as I know, at least I've never gone through anything like this. And so since March, it's felt like everything that I've felt, everything that I've experienced, it's just felt bigger. And so what if this Christmas, we magnified Jesus? What if, instead of magnifying ourselves and our lives and our situations and our problems and our issues and our drama, and instead of magnifying our past year and what we've experienced and magnifying the pandemic, what if we magnified Jesus? Here's my question. What would we see if we took the magnifying glass of Christmas and put it on Jesus tonight? What would we see? I think we would see three things. Here's the first thing I think we would see. I think we would see that number one, Jesus cares. I think if we put the magnifying glass on Jesus, we would see crystal clear that Jesus cares. In fact, in Psalm 34, verse 18, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits 
are crushed. So I'm telling you, if you find yourself at church tonight and you have a broken heart, the truth of this verse says that the Lord is close to you right now. But here's the question, why? Why is he close? See, he's close because he cares. And if you go and you see in John chapter 10, in verse 11, Jesus is talking here. He says, you want to know who I am? I am the good shepherd. And the job description of the good shepherd is to sacrifice his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. And that's exactly what Jesus did for you. That he sacrificed his life for you. And you want to know why he did that? Because he cares. He cares. And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, in the message paraphrase, he says, are you tired? How many of you at the end of this year? Are you tired? You worn out. You burned out on religion. Here's the invitation from Jesus tonight. Come to me. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And here's the truth, guys. Nobody does that or offers that unless they care. Nobody. And if you're still not convinced... 1 Peter 5, 7, in pure black and white, says in my Bible, give all your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares about you. Listen, I want you to hear this. Look me in the eyes. Jesus cares about you. Jesus cares about you. If you're watching online, you need to know Jesus cares about you. You, Jesus cares about what you're going through. Jesus cares about what you have experienced this year. Jesus cares about your marriage and your family and your kids and your friendships. Jesus cares about your finances and your business and your hopes and your dreams. Jesus cares. See, if we magnify Jesus tonight, I believe with all my heart, we would see that Jesus cares. I think we'd also see this. I think that we would see, number two, that Jesus understands. Not only does he care, he understands. Let me give you a little bit of theology just for a moment. See, Jesus was 100% God. So he was fully God. But at the same exact time, he was fully man. So he was 100% God and 100% Man, and both are significant because as 100% God, Jesus can change your life. And as 100% man, Jesus understands your life. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Jesus understands every weakness of ours. Right now, just as an exercise, just think about your weakness. Think about just one of them. Don't be acting like you don't got any weaknesses up in church today. I know it's a Christmas service. Some of us kind of got a little bit nicer dress, but we all got weaknesses, right? Can I get a good amen from the church? So think about your weakness right now. Think about it. Think about it. How many of you, you know what it is? Just raise your hand. Just at home, raise your hand. That's you. Okay, we're going to pass around this and you're going to share. I'm just playing. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. 
Listen, whatever it is, think about it, think about it, think about it. Get this, Jesus understands. Jesus, the truth of this, it says that Jesus understands every weakness of ours because he was tempted in every way that we are. But he did not sin. Don't miss this. Jesus understands you and what you're going through. Jesus understands relationships. He understands what it's like to be in a dysfunctional family. If you think about it, he even understands what it's like to have a stepdad. He understands what it's like to be single. He understands friendships. He understands what it's like to be deserted by one of your friends when you needed them the most. He understands what it's like to be betrayed by somebody that is close to you. Get this, he understands work and having a job that wasn't his calling. Remember? Remember that he was a carpenter way before he was in the ministry. In fact, he had 30 years of preparation for three years of purpose. And so he understands. He understands temptation. He understands loss. He understands what it's like to lose someone that you love. He understands emotional pain. He understands anxiety and stress and worry. He understands being made fun of and being persecuted. He understands what it's like being put in a box because of his race and his ethnicity. He understands physical pain. That on the night that he went to the cross, he was beaten. That he had his beard yanked out. He had a crown of thorns driven into his head. He was whipped 39 times. And he had nails driven into his hands and his feet into a wooden cross. And get this, when that happened, it hurt. It's because Jesus understands. I don't know if you ever thought about this. I think about things like this sometimes. Like why in the world did Jesus live till he was 33? Why? Because I think if you ask most people, why did Jesus come? It was to pay for your sins, which is right. But if the only point was for him to come was to pay for our sins, why did he wait 33 years to do that? Because the truth is he could have immediately done that. He was 100% God. He could have flexed his God muscles and then all of a sudden be like, okay, one day warp down as a fully grown man, gone to the cross, pay for the sins. Okay, I'm going back to heaven. But he didn't do that. He chose to live among us and experience our world for 33 years. Why? So that he could understand. Listen, whatever you're going through right now, whatever pain that you're experiencing, Jesus understands. Listen, if you're watching online and you haven't been able to leave your house in a long time and maybe you are so over this, I want you to know Jesus understands what it's like to go through what you're going through right now. Jesus understands. Whatever you're going through, listen, tonight, Jesus understands. See, if we magnify Jesus tonight, we would see that he cares we magnify Jesus tonight, we would see that he understands. I think we would see one more thing. I think we would see that Jesus is there. That not only does he care, not only does he understand, he's right there with us. So wherever you are tonight, whether you're good, you're bad, you're blah, 
you're somewhere in between, you're hurting, you're skeptical, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're stressed, you're anxious, you're depressed. Wherever you are tonight, Jesus is right there because Jesus will always meet you right where you are. That's who he is. That's his nature. That's his character. That he never waits for you to come to him. That he always goes to you. And by the way, that is the difference between religion and the gospel. See, religion is our attempt to get to God, which does not work. That's religion. Religion is our attempt to get to God. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is God's attempt to get to us. And that is what Christmas is all about. The fact that God came to us. In fact, in Matthew chapter 1, in Matthew's account of the Christmas story, it says this. It says, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Listen, church, the good news is that Jesus' very name, Emmanuel, is screaming to you, is screaming to me, is screaming to us tonight that we are not alone. God is with us. Some of you right now, you feel like you're all alone. I promise you, God is with you. The promise of this is that Emmanuel, he's with us. That is the miracle of Christmas. The miracle of Christmas is that God didn't wait for us to go to him. He came to us. The miracle of Christmas is God is with us. He came to us. And you want to know why he did that? You want to know why he came to us? Why he loved us so much that he came to us? This blows my mind. Because I don't think I could do this. He did that just for a chance to have a relationship with you. Like a real one. Like close. Not just a Christmas, Easter relationship. Not just a once a week on a Sunday for an hour relationship. He came and he did all that just for the chance for a relationship with you. Just for the chance that you would give him your life. That you would make the best decision of your life. The decision to follow Jesus so that when you gave him your life, the great exchange is that he would give you not only eternal life, but abundant life. The best life that you and I could ever live. He did that just for the chance to be able to do that. And we started this church 119 weeks ago so that as long as our heart is beating and as long as there's breath in our lungs, we're going to do everything we can to help as many people make that decision. And what's so cool is in the history of our church, in 118 weeks, we've seen 694 people make that decision. So here's my question this Christmas. Why not you? Why not now? Why not this Christmas? Instead of magnifying us, we magnified him. And when, why not now? Why not? See, I made that decision on June 25th, 
1999, over 21 years ago. And um, I grew up in church. That was my story. I'm talking about we were there every single time the doors were open. But the truth is, I knew a lot about God, but I did not have a relationship with God. And on June 25th, 1999, instead of magnifying my life, my problems, my issues, my circumstances, my situation, on that day I magnified Jesus. And when I did that, you know what I saw? I saw when I magnified Jesus, I saw that he cared more than I could possibly imagine. I saw that he understood everything I was going through. But not only that, that he understood everything I had already been through. And he also understood everything that I was ever going to go through. And not only that, the best part of it all is on my Literally, I was on my knees before God. And in that moment of brokenness, in that moment of knowing that I couldn't do anything to make myself right, in that moment, when I magnified Jesus, I saw that he was right there beside me. And he said, I've always been there. And I've always been with you. And on that day, on my hands and knees, tears and snot flowing from my nose, it was dirty. It was like an ugly cry. <laughs> and there on the steps of Burton Bible Building, nobody around, I gave my life. And I made the best and most important decision of my life to follow Jesus. And life hasn't by any means been perfect since that day. And I'm not trying to sell that to you. But here's what I do know. My life has never been the same. And my prayer this Christmas is that you can make the same decision you can magnify Jesus. You can see who he really is and that you would give him his life. And I promise you, if you give him your life, your life will never be the same. And we want to give you that opportunity right now. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. And just, we do this just to create just a moment of privacy. I encourage you to do this, even if you're watching online, and just create a distraction-free environment and just ask God, God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me tonight? And maybe you're here and you just, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus. And like I did on June 25th, 1999, you want to say yes to Jesus tonight. You want to give him your life. But maybe you've made that decision in the past and You've gone off, you've done your own thing, and now you find yourself at the 5 p.m. Christmas service at Queen City Church, and you are far from God. And tonight, you just need a fresh start. This Christmas, we want to give you the opportunity to make the most important decision of your life, the decision to say yes to Jesus, to give him your life, and to follow him. And listen, just like for me, June 25th, 1999 was my day, 
December 20th, 2020, can be your day. We're not going to point you out. We're going to make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. And if you want to be included in that prayer, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, and you know that tonight I have got to give my life to Jesus. I need to say yes to Jesus. And if that's you on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand just as a sign, as an act of faith and saying, that is me. Nobody looking around. If that's you on the count of three, just raise your hand and say, that's me. One, two, three. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's all over again. I got you. I got you. That's awesome. Anybody else? I got you. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this. Just say, Jesus, just even in your heart, just pray this. Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me and change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. And I choose to follow you. And tonight we magnify you, Jesus. And we see that you care, that you understand, and that you're here with us right now. We could not be more grateful. We thank you. And it's through the awesome, powerful name of Jesus that we pray and the whole church said, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands? And celebrate with those people that just made the most important decision of your life. Oh, come on. We don't golf clap for that. We give our best for that. We're so proud of you. Man, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople. 